While it does seem like an awfully long time since I last recorded a show, uh, it's not for lack of trying. I've been here uh, four times in the last couple of weeks and um, the show today is brought to you by the swear word Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft have been uh, responsible for uh, some driver sound card issues with the, the board here. Uh, and has been responsible for uh, four wasted trips on my behalf and a lot of headaches for uh, the wonderful folk here at CKCU. It seems to be remedied, as of now, anyway, and I hope that it perpetuates so I can actually get a show under my belt and get this show out. So let's get you caught up, shall we? Let's uh, give you an idea of what you can hear on the programme this week. Let's address new releases first, shall we? We've got uh, some new stuff by uh, the Black Angels from, from Austin. Uh, we've got uh, something brand new by uh, the Big Moon off their uh, debut full length, which was released last week. It would have been even newer had I been able to play it uh, earlier, of course. Um, the new single by uh, Reveriemi, which is fantastic, by the way, called uh, Ten Feet Tall. Uh, we are going to have the usual features today. There's the obligatory full art track. There is uh, the weekly peel, which this week is going to be uh, skids. We've got the album feature of the week which is happy mondays this week and fantastically we have an interview with uh, fiat lux uh, a band near dear and close to that thing that beats in my chest cavity wonderful wonderful outfit and i'll be talking to uh, david and steve at the end of the program so for now anyway let's get cracking let's get rolling shall we and uh, here's some prefab sprout <laughs> Sing that boy. 
from their latest and fourth LP, that is Delays, and a song called Star Tiger, Star Aerial, which is also the name of the record. And uh, you probably remember, if you're a regular listener, that uh, we did a little, uh, little tribute to, uh, to Greg Gilbert, our lead singer uh, of, of uh, Delays, who is... Uh, having a fight with cancer at the moment and uh, has got some real complications to contend with. So uh, my thoughts uh, go to Greg and his family and it's always uh, it's always good to be able to play some delays. And we kick things off with uh, with Prefab Sprout from uh, from England's North East from their third LP uh, from 1988 entitled uh, Langley, uh, from Langley Park to Memphis. Uh, that's on Kitchenware Records. Uh, and uh, that was, of course, the king of rock and roll. Uh, we're going to go uh, back to Manchester now. We're going to hear something by uh, The World of Twist. Now, uh, this is a single that was released in 1990 at the height of Baggy, uh, when I'd frequent the Hacienda and get up to no good. Um, uh, heady, heady days indeed. Um, uh, on Circa Records, uh, and the band, World of Twist, uh, fronted by uh, Jamie Fry, who is the younger brother brother of uh, Martin Fry, who you might know uh, as the frontman of ABC. He later went on to, to form a band called Earl Brutus after the two-year shelf life uh, of World of Twist between about 1990 and 1992. Anyway, here's a 12-inch version of The Storm Yeah. 
Archangels from their latest record and uh, that's a single entitled Currency and the new album is called Nicely Enough Death Songs should you wish to go out and purchase it uh, nearperfectpitch.com is the place where you can go to uh, find out uh, where all the links are that pertain to the programme, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Tumblr. Saves me repeating that all the time. Added a new feature this week, actually. Um, I added the uh, the newly formatted and nicely presented and repackaged Magic Biscuit Tin. Uh, and by virtue of the Magic Biscuit Tin, to the uninitiated, actually, you'll know. Uh, I'll, I'll fill you in in a second. But uh, the Magic Biscuit Tin, uh, the, the new spreadsheet, I must admit, I'm very, very proud of it. And this particular episode of Near Perfect Pitch, episode uh, 38 to be precise, is brought to you by Fiat Lux. And more specifically, by the Belgian dark chocolate chip as chosen by David Crickmore and uh, the milk chocolate hobnob, the classic, as chosen by Steve Wright. So, uh, as I uh, go on to the Magic Biscuit Tin and try and explain to you what it is, um, uh, every week, uh, barring the odd little aberration, um, I have a, a guest interview on uh, on the programme. And this particular week, it's uh, Fiat Lux, it's Steve Wright and uh, uh, David Crickmore. And uh, I always ask my uh, interviewees what their favourite biscuit is. And that might seem like a very trivial uh, or almost a flippant thing to ask, or silly. I can assure you it's not. Biscuits are, are a very, very, very serious affair. And uh, especially if you're English, um, there are a myriad of biscuits on the market. And everybody is, is fervently, uh, uh, well, they will have their firm favourites and uh, they, they'll protect them uh, uh, till, till their dying breath. The biscuits are, let it be said, uh, not for the faint of heart. So um, that's what the Magic Biscuits in is. I ask uh, any given interviewee if uh, they're around my house uh, for, a, for, a, for a brew. Uh, and I brought out the Magic Biscuits in quite simply. What biscuit would you choose? And fun and frivolity usually ensues as a result. So what did we hear? So we heard uh, Currency by the Black Angels, of course, and that was preceded by the world of Twist uh, with uh, The Storm, the 12-inch version thereof. Um, coming up next, we're going to go to uh, 1989 to uh, Easter House's second LP entitled Waiting uh, for the Red Bird. It's the first of two singles pulled off the album by uh, the Perry Brothers from Salford. Uh, they were quite political and uh, did ruffle a few feathers in their day in the mid to late 80s and I do quite miss them. <laughs> That was one without 
from 1980. That's Susie and the Banshees from their third LP, Kaleidoscope, and a single uh, entitled Happy Houses, if you didn't know. And before that, the mighty Easter House, named after the housing estate in in Glasgow, uh, from their uh, second LP. And that's a single entitled Come Out Fighting. You are now immensely up to date. Coming up next, going to hear something by South. Uh, in the meantime, though, you'd be reminded that uh, you can always email the, the programme, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned in the little blurb before I uh, played those uh, preceding couple of tracks, do participate in, uh, in the social media. It's a lot of fun. I spend a lot of time uh, posting stuff to Facebook, Twitter and, uh, and Instagram. All musical content and uh, all related to the kind of music that I play on the programme. And if you don't go through the portal, uh, and by portal, sounds kind of grandiose, doesn't it? I mean, I mean the website. Um, just you can go straight to uh, iTunes and just search Near Perfect Pitch. You can do the same thing in Google Play. Tune in and Podbean and hopefully SoundCloud, which is uh, being stalled at the moment, but uh, hopefully in the next handful of weeks I'll have it on SoundCloud as well. Do me a favour. I get lots of email and lots of chit-chat during the course of any given week, uh, and I'm delighted to, to have listeners all over God's green earth. Do spread the word. Please, 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 please. The more listeners I can get, the more people can hear some decent music. It all makes sense, doesn't it?
ho, whoa, ho, whoa, eat my gold, say eat my gold, eat my gold. a request for Jono in Montreal there you go mate that's uh, Collapse Lung from 1998 and uh, that's the last single actually uh, entitled Eat My Goal preceded by this week's obligatory fall oh, track and I went back to uh, the infotainment scan just because it's such a freaking amazing record uh, and uh, we heard the only song that I know that's been written about a ladybird and to you North Americans, that's Ladybug, Ladybird, same thing but different. And uh, kick things off with South from their second record released in uh, 2000. That's a single uh, off uh, the LP uh, entitled uh, Motiveless Crime. And the LP is called uh, With the Tides, I seem to remember because I put, uh, put the record away. I think we're up to date. Let's see how many songs are we in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight, nine songs into the programme, which is rather nice. What have I got queued up next? Oh, yes, there's a new Slow Dive album. And uh, I wanted to uh, steal a march on everybody and play it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, due to the technical issues, the courtesy of Bill Gates and his, his Microsoft, um, I've had to, uh, well, I've had to... Uh, Reserve playing it uh, for for a good uh, good couple of weeks. Anyway, uh, the new album is an eight tracker. It's a, a delightful record. It was released. Uh, actually, it isn't officially released. It's actually officially released in in two days' time. But I've had a copy for quite some time. And here's the lead track. It's uh, entitled Slow Mo.
it's Tinterweb time. That's what that racket means. This week, I'm going to share with you a website that uh, gives me an immense amount of joy. It's called I Was a Teenage Shoegazer. It doesn't really apply to me because I was a 20-something uh, shoegazer. But uh, nevertheless, a wonderfully put-together blog, if you like. It's a WordPress-hosted site at uh, teenageshoegazer.wordpress.com. And the chap concerned goes to massive lengths to compile music that uh, has been long forgotten, is uh, deleted, is hard to find. And I'll give you an idea of the kind of content, which I hope you'll log into yourself after having uh, heard my little uh, little uh, explanation of said website. So the first record uh, as featured on uh, the page as it stands right now is is uh, a nice uh, a nice birdland live uh, record which is long since been deleted i'm actually been playing some birdland la- later in the program uh, the next uh, entry is for up and down by the high and i'm hoping we're not hoping i'm actually interviewing uh, john matthews from the high this weekend uh, for an interview Uh, that I will share with you in the next couple of weeks. There's the long-lost CC Rider record on Lazy Records, which never, ever uh, got released, but uh, did get uh, chucked onto their SoundCloud page for a while uh, as a free download. And uh, if you missed it first time around, you can get it here. There's some nifty stuff by Lush, uh, the Faith Healers, uh, Divisionists. uh, And as I scroll down, Ocean Colour Scene uh, and a feature on The Real People as well as Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine and uh, Catherine Wheel with Balloon all the way down and Jesus Jones, Spirea X. It's an absolute treasure trove of shoegazing wonderment is what it is. Uh, and again, I'll uh, run that URL by you as I'm scrolling the mouse here. You can probably hear. Uh, teenageshoegazer.wordpress.com And that's our Tinterweb time for this week. <laughs>
brand new LP, their uh, debut LP, called Love in the Fourth Dimension. That's The Big Moon, and that's a song called Pull the Other One. The uh, The record was released on uh, April the 7th, and if you want to get your hands on their material, go to thebigmoon.co.uk, where you will find all things The Big Moon. Um, if you listen often enough to the programme, you will have surmised by now that I'm a bit of an amnesiac. Um, I forgot to mention the songs that I had played prior to uh, clicking the button uh, for uh, for the big moon. I forgot to mention that um, we heard One Dove. It was their last single released on uh, uh, Junior Boy's Own in uh, 1993, and that was a song called Why Don't You Take Me, preceded by the slow dive track, which I didn't go into immense detail about, which was silly of me. But uh, it's off their new uh, and fourth LP, self-titled Affair, 22 whole years after their third record, Pygmalion. Crazy stuff, isn't it? 22 years on. Uh, and that is out in two days' time from the usual places and uh, Slow Dive's website. Uh, go, you know, go, go to the artist sites as opposed to these, uh, these Apple and uh, Google-type places because uh, the artist gets to keep more of their money. Now, there's a London-based outfit uh, that are... Ostensibly a load of Swedes. Uh, I've played a lot of Fanfarlo in the past. I'm going to play some more. This is from 2008's debut record, uh, Reservoir. I'm going to hear a song called Luna.
that's the majestic AC Acoustics from Understanding Music, which was released in uh, the year 2000 on uh, Cooking Vinyl and a single and an album track entitled Crush. And before uh, we heard Crush, we heard Fanfalo with uh, the wonderful Luna. We're about halfway through the, the musical content of the programme. Don't forget, at the end of the programme, we're going to be talking to Fiat uh, Lux, specifically uh, David Crickmore and Stephen Wright. They are back after having been away for an awfully long time, quarter of a century, uh, give or take a few years, and they have uh, completely re-recorded uh, probably their best-known track, uh, Secrets, which I have played for you. Uh, and uh, the lads themselves uh, themselves have uh, curated uh, the three songs that they uh, they want me to play, and I will uh, dutifully uh, get that done surrounding the interview at uh, the end of the programme, as I have mentioned uh, on a couple of occasions. Right, what have we got lined up now? I think it's time for a hat-trick, so you can stick the kettle on and get three in a row right now. Why, that would mean that 
I really don't know what the outside universe is like at all for certain. That's it! That's it!
glow with all the colors of the rainbow. They just glow as they drift around the universe. Glow with all the colors of the rainbow. They just glow as they drift around the universe. Universe, 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 universe.
Birdland. And that is from their only LP, uh, which was released on uh, Lazy Recordings, also home to the Primitives, amongst others, uh, in 1991. And that's Sleep With Me, which was their biggest hit if you can call uh, number 54 in the charts a hit. Um, but uh, they were quite popular for uh, a short amount of time with their bleached blonde hair and uh, enemy connections. Uh, and before that, we heard um, Soup Dragons from 1990. Uh, the, the lads from Bells Hill, uh, that's uh, from their third LP on Big Life Records, entitled Love God. And that was a, a single that we heard called Mother Universe. We heard the, uh, the 12-inch version this time round, all seven minutes and 30 seconds of it. And uh, before that, to kick off the hat trick, which either had you bopping around the train carriage or the bus or your living room, um, we heard the B-side to She Bangs the Drums, the fifth single by the Stone Roses from 1989. And that's uh, Mersey Paradise, my all-time favourite Stone Roses song. And uh, to rewind even further, just to remind you, we heard Crush by AC Acoustics about uh, 20, 25 minutes ago. Right, 17 songs in. I should let you know, uh, well, remind you that Fiat Lux are coming up as an interview at the end of the programme. Next week, very, very happy to be sharing with you an interview I already have in the can, as they say, with the the Darling Buds. Uh, Their new EP, their new four-track EP, is phenomenal. I'll be playing it in its entirety next week. I'll be recording um, the next show in three days in an attempt to catch up for the last two weeks of uh, just inherent technical difficulties at the studio with uh, with regards to software and audio cards and, and drivers and things like that. Not for you to be concerned about, but uh, you can look forward on the next programme to uh, an interview with the Darling Buds. Interview-wise as well, forthcoming, I'm going to be talking to uh, John Matthews from The High and uh, a new uh, Manchester project called uh, One Summer, which uh, has a new record, uh, well, a debut record, released on the Record Store Day, which I haven't actually... I'll start again. I haven't actually received it yet from my postman, but uh, that 12-inch will be in the post, hopefully in time for the next programme. And who else am I talking to? Oh, yeah, I'm talking to Pete Hooten uh, from The Farm, uh, hopefully this weekend for an interview uh, that I can uh, record and share with you in the next uh, two or three weeks. And there was one more, I was quite sure. Um, oh, yeah, of course, the Nightflowers. Going to be talking to them as well, uh, if I can arrange a time in the next uh, few days that's conducive to the five-hour time difference. So a load of interviews coming up, which I'm excited about. Uh, some great, great artists to talk about uh, what they've been doing. Uh, some of the artists are, are rekindling their career. Uh, some are uh, brand brand spanking new. So uh, lots to look forward to. And what have I got queued up next? Oh, yes, it's Summer Outside. Show them. We are brandy and high 
whispers in this one's ear Will you quickly kill a dog for me? There is one cash on the end of bingo All he turns was just crazy crinkle As he pulls up, the dog's head laughing And Mirado throws his body in the sea Oh, you rambling boys of pleasure The ladies of easy leisure We must say adios until we And yeah, I tried. Yeah. 
hyper-talented Colin McIntyre, uh, a.k.a. Mull Historical Society. And uh, that's the second single uh, from uh, from Mull Historical Historical Society uh, from 2001 off the, the WLP entitled Loss. And that was preceded by a song that should get you up and about, moving and grooving. Uh, it's a classic. It's uh, by the Pogues from 88's uh, If I Should Fall From Grace With God, their third LP. And of course, that was Fiesta. Wow. I tell you what, I feel like a fish out of water. I've not been in the studio properly recording something for the best part of three weeks, and I feel like an unmitigated amateur at the moment. So I do hope that isn't coming across as gross, gross, rank unprofessionalism. Well, not that I'm professional, I'm not getting paid for this, but you know what I mean. Anyway, it's time for our essential peel feature. Uh, and this week, we're going to go back all the way to 1978. <laughs> To my daddy on the telephone How long now To the clouds on roll And you come the line 
Till the shadows still remain Since your descent Your descent
from 1984's The Big Express, their sixth LP. That's XTC and a single, uh, an album track, of course, uh, All You Pretty Girls. That's dedication um, that I'm uh, putting out there for you. Uh, it's for Rob, my uh, my mate, uh, my old school, my old schoolboy chum who I've not seen for an absolute age and we've uh, we've rekindled the friendship on the on social media and that's for Rob in Leicestershire God bless you mate and uh, hope you're well and hopefully uh, we can uh, reconnect properly in uh, in the coming uh, well in the short term when I'm back home next um, what did we hear before that oh yeah of course we heard uh, our uh, weekly peel track from August 1978 and that is The Saints Are Coming an absolute corker by uh, the skids and uh, you will be familiar if you listen to the programme with uh, the announcement there's a new Skids record which you can uh, snag I think it's either on Pledge or Bandcamp check it out uh, I'm not going to waste airtime by uh, scrolling through but uh, I've featured it in the past and I've uh, made my pledge and my, my copy actually if I go to uh, my uh, my little notes here I might well have some information with regards to the release date for the Skids record I know I've made a note of it let's see if I can actually source it yes it's out on uh, June the 30th and it's a uh, entitled Burning Cities so uh, there is some new material by the Skids and I'll be playing it for you uh, as soon as I have it I've already played the teaser track which they dropped um, with the uh, with the pledge for the record they always do that they tease you with one one song or, or a demo or what have you um, so that's coming at the end of June and let's see if we can uh, get uh, completely up to date by getting all my ducks in a row yeah I think that's it isn't it really we are up to date uh, coming up next we're going to hear some more by the wonderful Louise Connell, a.k.a. Uh, Reveriemi. At the base of your wings With a kiss to make you better As I tell you to remember When it swims Heal and grow You used to be so tiny Now you're tall as your hopes You fit in the cook of my arm Now the world Living into yours Quite the way I know you All the broken vows are falling down The little white truth for when you need To know it all Where you ever really tiny Mark ten feet on the wall Then in the hook of my arm Love the words getting into your Oh, 
that takes me back, and I'm sure it does you as well, if you're uh, even close to my age. From 1985, from the epic uh, debut record on Beggar's Banquet, The Seventh Dream of Teenage Heaven. That's Love and Rockets, post-Bar House. And before that, we heard the latest single, non-album track. It's going to be on something forthcoming, perhaps, or it could just be a standalone single at this juncture, Louise Connell. Uh, and that is Reveriemi. We interviewed her a few weeks ago, and I think you all know that I'm a massive fan. Her voice is absolutely unbelievable. It's not of this planet, and I highly recommend snagging all of Louise's material and in past shows I've put all the links in the show notes as I do every week actually so as a reminder or if you didn't know uh, all the pertinent URLs or any tidbits of information like the date of the Peel session and that type of stuff I do uh, go to uh, well not extreme lengths but it takes me time put it that way to uh, format and line list all the songs I play with all the hashtags and all that stuff you know but it's there for you so you uh, you will never not know what's being played. I I, I do, despite my amnesia, try and uh, articulate every song that I play, either before, after, or both. Uh, but uh, those who listen uh, quite regularly will know that uh, my amnesia does strike randomly uh, for no good reason, and I do sometimes forget to tell you what I've played. So this way, you can be foolproof, knowing full well that you know exactly what's been going on. Um, Here's a re- release for you by by High Town Pirates. Now, High Town Pirates are a project of Simon Mason's, and Simon was on the show uh, many months ago, uh, talking about uh, this project, talking about his book and uh, and his tour. Um, the The album is steadily gaining momentum. He's got uh, the album artwork has been shared with all the, the pledges uh, this week, and uh, the release date is imminent. Um, I'm going to try and scroll and tell you when the release date is. High Town Pirates, High Town Pirates, where are you? Oh, that's coming out June the 30th. So uh, this is a a demo uh, track. Uh, And if you want to uh, subscribe, pledge, get yourself the record, go to pledgemusic.com slash project slash Hightown hyphen pirates hyphen dry hyphen and hyphen high. There you have it. So we're going to hear a song called Chasing Rainbows. Oh 
It's a rumpy pumpy going on there, isn't there? Happy Mondays. It's uh, our album feature of the week. And uh, the Happy Mondays, Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches, is the feature record this week. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into massive detail like I used to do for these album features because, A, it involves work for me, and I'm a lazy bugger, uh, and I did pare down the album feature from uh, three songs to two so I could accommodate uh, a weekly Peel track. So let's talk about the record. It was produced by Paul Oakenfold and uh, Steve Osborne and was released right at the end of uh, 1990. And to many, myself included, it really is uh, the flag flyer of the the Manchester uh, baggy movement. 
uh, and this record in its entirety really does uh, self-represent. It's a wonderful little record. Uh, it was released in uh, in America and did rather well in North America as a whole through Warner Brothers and Elektra, uh, the distribution arm. Um, the cover was uh, designed by uh, Factory Stalwarts Central Station and uh, the cover's been uh, redone two or three times due to uh, some litigious aspects with regards to the brand names of all the sweets on the cover. Uh, over the course of time, I've played a lot of uh, songs off this record. I've played a lot of Happy Mondays for, for good bloody reason. Um, but in this instance, I wanted to feature it uh, because there are those among you who don't own this record. Uh, and the premise of the feature album track is really to uh, impel you to either revisit something that you'd forgotten about, uh, go out and rediscover something that uh, has been gathering dust for God knows how long, or perhaps Perhaps I might have introduced you to something new, which uh, would be ideal, wouldn't it, really? So I'm also spending your money for you. So here's another track to entice you to buy this wonderful record uh, by Happy Mondays. This is a single off the record, Kinky Afro.
I'll remember all my life. Though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments. Lovers and friends, I still can recall. Some are dead, and some are living. In my life, I've loved them all. and lovers, there is no one compares with you. And these memories lose their meaning when I think of love as something new. Though I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that went before, and stop and think about them. In my life, I'll love you more. Just a piece of my life, a moment, 
the hair on the back of my neck stand up that's be it looks and that is their second single from 1983 entitled photography and before we talk more fiat looks i'll tell you what we heard prior to uh, the photography track and we heard 
in my life. And that's uh, Sean Connery, as if you didn't know. Um, it's from a compilation that uh, George Martin himself, Sir George Martin, uh, compiled and produced in 1998. And that's just one of uh, many songs or covers on this record. Uh, mostly dross, it has to be said. But this one is uh, particularly beautiful. It's a beautiful song in its... Uh, uh, basic rendition, uh, but when Sean adds his spoken word version, this is something else. And uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, as I am, uh, there's a couple of wonderful uh, aggregated highlight packages, especially to, to do with Istanbul and uh, Hillsborough, uh, with uh, the Sean Connery version uh, as uh, the musical bed. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And the two songs that we heard off this week's Essential Wax, which is uh, Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches on Factory Records from uh, November 1990. Happy Mondays, we heard uh, Bob's Your Uncle and uh, Kinky Afro. And the record also houses Step On, which is probably their biggest hit hit uh, in uh, the truest sense of the word. Didn't uh, uh, really plan on being on the record because uh, I mentioned to you lot quite some time ago that there was a compilation that came out on Electra Records called Rubaiyat and I played a song or two from that in in recent weeks um, and uh, Rubaiyat is Electra artists covering other Electra artists over the years and they put out a double uh, double LP, double CD to, to celebrate it and Happy Mondays chose uh, John Kongos's um, Step On for the compilation, but they liked it so much that they wanted to keep it, so they ended up having to cover another John Congos song, uh, Tokoloshe Man, which I played a few weeks ago uh, by Happy Monday. So that's a little bit of a trivia for you, as if you care, because you're probably uh, at the end of your rope now, nearly three hours worth of me playing records. However, I'm going to be your salvation, because it's now time to talk Fiat Lux. Now, Fiat Lux only were around actively, really, making records uh, for three years. Uh, their output, uh, seven singles and uh, a mini album, uh, which was called Hired History. Uh, there was a really bizarre uh, laser disc that came out uh, through some weird and wacky universal music uh, parent company deal called uh, Commercial Breakdown. Now, uh, some weeks ago, I was uh, trawling about on uh, on Spotify, and uh, I don't know how I managed to uh, stumble on it because I just didn't uh, have any other way or means of, of, of knowing. But uh, Fiat Lux showed up there as uh, as the only track in, in Spotify at the time, and it was a, a remake, re-recording of Secrets, which absolutely blew my little mind. Uh, I. I Consequently, got in touch with uh, with with, uh, with the band uh, and want to learn more about uh, what's happening in their world because they all have proper jobs and they all have careers. But uh, this thing happened wonderfully and organically. I'm not going to uh, to harp on too too much about it because David and uh, Steve are uh, super super uh, forthcoming and provide all the detail and more uh, that uh, you could ever wish to know about uh, what's been going on and what uh, possibly could be going on uh, under the guise of uh, Fiat Lux. Uh, selfishly, as I've said on numerous occasions, uh, I do hope there's more material from them because they really, really did uh, strike a chord with me and I've always reverted back to, to Fiat Lux uh, and they do sound rather timeless, in my humble opinion. Anyway, um, in the interview, I did ask uh, the lads to uh, pick three songs for me to play, to play, in turn, for you. They chose photography, which I've already played, and they also chose this, Embers. 
Embers by Fiat Lux from the unofficial Fac Ut Vivas compilation that was released in the mid-80s that housed all of their singles, save for House of Thorns. And if you can get your hands on that record, I highly recommend doing so because there are some gems that didn't get officially released by virtue of a litigious nonsense, which uh, we'll find out more about uh, in the forthcoming interview with uh, David and uh, Steve. So so enjoy the chit-chat, and I'll be back afterwards to play one more song by Fiat Lux to round out the show. I'm absolutely delighted, as, uh, personally, that, that you are, for want of a better expression, you're back. Oh. Um, and um, you, you quite rightly corrected me in, uh, in, in one of the emails a couple of weeks ago in that uh, I, I erroneously referred to uh, the, the, the latest record as a remix, but uh, it has been recorded from scratch. Mm. Well, I'll take that as a bit of a compliment in a way, because um, if, if you took it to be a remix, then it must mean that we were getting it sounding something like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was, it was, it was, a, pleasant, it was a, a pleasant re-reminder and, and just enough of a departure without you taking away from a song that, that I that I hold sacrosanct <laughs> like thousands of other other people including yourselves and uh, beautifully done beautifully done so, so let me jump jump right in and and, uh, and be a really really selfish audiophile here mm. and ask what the the likes of you two have been doing in addition to the wonderful reworking of of secrets are you uh, are you sort of digging to find out if we're up to anything else in the in the fit looks department <laughs> yes well yeah I mean, if you want to if you want to extrapolate that into other other aspects <laughs> of your life but mainly fiat lux unless you know right well i mean i, I think um th there may be something else in the pipeline it's a bit early to sort of start announcing grandiose statements about what fiat lux might do next but uh, i think what we can do is, is say what we felt about doing this and and and, and how it might have spurred us on do you think that's fair enough steve oh, that's, that's more than more than uh, more than great place to depart because um let's let's talk about how how this this came about and i, I don't think you need much prodding because you've been asked this question numerous times over the past few weeks i'm sure but um the method the methodology to choosing this song to rework it so beautifully was based upon uh, well all sorts of things really i mean one of the things we, we needed something that we could easily sort of craft within the resources that we'd got and and obviously one of the resources that we haven't got anymore very sadly is ian nelson our fabulous mm. saxophone player and, and woodwind player um so we knew that if it was going to be something that was heavily featuring his signature saxophone or whatever then that probably wouldn't work we also had in mind the fact that there's something about secrets that has kind of had a a kind of a longevity about it beyond just I remember it from 1984 or whenever but that yeah. it's been it's one of those songs that has has been brought out of retirement quite a lot by different radio stations as as, as the one that tends to get played still yeah mm. I mean memorably Annie Nightingale has always quoted it as one of her favorite songs despite the fact that it doesn't fall into the template of her, her sort of enthusiasm for dance music modern day dance music now but she still has it in in that sort of list of things that she likes which is very very nice for us to to, to have as a thing really um and so because of all that and because six music tend to play it now and again we thought yeah. it was it was it was possibly well not being the biggest chart entry that we had it's probably possibly our signature song didn't it's we? probably it's probably the most memorable really because of the uh just the melody and the and the production values that hugh jones brought to it and 
Yes. Uh, recorded in Amazon, wasn't it? In Liverpool. Initially, I remember when we first... Yeah. We're talking about the original one now, yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we had the, the initial ideas as a demo in Amazon, if you remember. And it was at just the time when Hugh Jones was coming to become our producer. He, he, yeah. he came as a as a kind of a, we'll, we'll meet each other and see how it goes sort of a thing, if you remember. Yeah. And we had an, an idea of, of, of diaries, as it was called then, uh, which was being demoed and floating about when Hugh arrived. And uh, it, so I suppose it was one of the first songs that Hugh had a, an involvement in helping helping to craft, wasn't it? It was, and and he he brought the different textures into it, getting the clarinet, mm -hmm. and and uh, a guy called Mike Timoney came in and did the the violin part That's on, right. a, on a on a computer with a slider, much the same as I think sort of like that Donny Osmond thing. On it was Great. actually, if, if, you, if you want the actual, <laughs> it, it was the one and only time where I had to mention him, didn't I? Damn it! It was the, it was the one and only time where we we had anybody else playing a keyboard other than us yeah. in the band, and it was because China Crisis. Had, we said we we fancied a violin on this song, and China yeah. Crisis were in, in the same block of studios with us, and and they said, oh, you want Mike Timoney? Oh, is he any good at violin? He said, well, he did a really good um, oboe for us the other week. No, but is he any good at violin? No, and it turned out. He had this hulking great Yamaha CS80, which was a, a kind of a, a very early uh, programmable synth synthesizer. Um, and uh, he could make noises out of that, which nobody else could, you know. And so he managed to fashion a, a violin sound out of it. Yeah, and, and he, he just brought textures to it that we we didn't have. And it uh, it turned out to be quite a plaintive and, and uh, as, as you say, uh, a long-lasting melody that's just kind of gone on and doing it again in 2000 for 2017 was just it was really really enjoyable because obviously you don't know whether you still can and yes. know, all that kind of thing and whether you can replicate that 80s sound still make it interesting and because I know a lot of people don't like the 80s kind of <laughs> genre but but yeah. it, it seems to it's it's turned out all right you know and well, I think it's, it's more than all right truth be told oh, I mean obviously right, it's uber, uber subjective for the pair of you but uh, to to uh, a listener who's likes to call himself a completist, it it was just an absolute joy that that it happened. But also, it happened more like a bolt out of the blue. It just didn't have any prep, and it just arrived. And I was just blown away that that, that you you were making music again. So I, I featured it. Uh, Ooh, I think the week of release and uh, got a ton of email um, and that's always a good sign isn't it and um, 33 years is an awfully long long period of time uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be waiting to send an email <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes that's right so you know we've talked about the, you know, the 80s sound and of course but this is a song that, that really does stand up and, and you kind of stole a march on me actually because I was going to actually ask you to talk a little bit more about about Hugh mm. because Hugh was, he was doing a lot of work with the likes of well, more Liverpool stuff. He was working with the High School Works and, and Modern English and some, of, uh, some, some more of the 4AD people around the same time. Um, it just it seemed very, very fitting that, that, that uh, he worked with you because that body of work in, in the early to uh, late 80s that, that Hugh was working on Big, big fan. I mean, ranging from Stan Ridgeway to uh, that petrol emotion, uh, and, and, and yourselves, of course. So, you know, guitar influenced, but synth pop influenced as well. Um, if you were to uh, have the luxury of, of, of having the funding to put out a, a full length uh, and go into the studio, mm -hmm. um, would you would you contemplate uh, asking Hugh to rejoin you, or would you have a complete rethink? That's a really interesting question, and uh, I would have no hesitation 
if the budgets were unlimited and if you was we'll we'll still active in, in, in the business. I mean, as far as I know, I don't think he is active as a producer these days um, because, um, well, I mean, the last time I heard of him was probably about 10 years ago uh, and that was just socially. And uh, I know he ended up going down south and, and living um, in, in a lovely place down in Devon. And at that point, he, he wasn't contemplating doing any more production. So I'm not entirely sure that that would be an option. No, well, I've done my I've done my research, lads. Oh, and, good. And, uh, good. Uh, as, as, as recently as 2005, he was he well, he produced the Bunnymen's album in, in 2005. Right, right. Uh, and um, that's the only the real the real band of note really. Prior to that, I did uh, did the songs from the other side by the Charlatans in 2002, and did Libertine for Gene in 2001. But he seems to have sort of. Uh, disappeared between 2006 2010 doing doing soundtracking work if you like right, right. i think so we still he's still doing stuff Ooh. the great thing about hugh was that he was a total perfectionist and he didn't let anything go that was um uh, not perfect and this the great thing to me about Hugh was, and where, where I thought we had a meeting of minds was, uh, we were just listening to some tracks sometime, and he said, I, I, have a listen to this. It's a demo I've been sent by uh, someone. They want me to do some work with them. I'm not sure whether I can, because I'm, I'm kind of booked with you, but have a listen to this. And that track happened to be Lotus Eater's first picture oh, yes, of you. Yes. Oh, fantastic. And he said, <laughs> now that is just brilliant and i agreed with him and i've always liked it and i've always sort of thought well if i'd have written that i'd be really proud and mm. that was the approach he took he kept things simple his arrangements were lush he was uh, a real hard taskmaster when it came to doing the vocals yeah because mm. um, of course this was got... in the days before pro tools and everything so you know if you yes. made a mistake on tape you had to wipe it off and get it right until yeah. you did get it right uh, you Absolutely. couldn't kind of nudge things or pinch them from somewhere else and put them in and no. all that kind of thing but, I, he, but he got the best out of you, right? Because he was—he said he was a hard taskmaster, but he, he obviously was a good, a great catalyst for your creativity. Yeah, absolutely, totally sympathetic, and brought loads of ideas to the sessions too, which is which is what you want from a producer: is um, that ability to arrange, take your idea, twist it, but make it into something that you think, yeah, that's exactly what I had in mind. Mm. Yes. Only, only ten times better, possibly. Yeah, only ten times better. How did you, how did you know that? And mm. he's, he's he's kind of intuitive and uh, extremely talented. The other thing that I noticed when listening back to tapes that we did back in in Hughes Day when he was in charge of us, I don't think there's any mistakes on anything. I mean, I don't. I mean, that that doesn't make it cold and 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 you know. Uh, but no. but, but it's just it. it's not sterile. But there's nothing. There's nothing that makes you go, oh, no, I wish I'd played that better, or that was a bit of a dodgy note there. You know, it, well, it didn't happen. Well, you know, I'll be truthful. I, I listen to your material uh, a lot. Um, it, it's 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 a, a time of my life where I was uh, buying, buying records by the skip load. It was, it was a wonderful time for music when, when you were around. Uh, but you've always held a very, very close place to my heart in terms of your output, everything in terms of... Um, not just the releases themselves, but your remixes always, uh, uh, they didn't seem like throwaway tracks. They actually seemed like a lot of time, energy and effort had gone into uh, an extended remix as opposed to just uh, fill, filling a B-side or, or what have you. Uh, in as much as hired history 
uh, has, I, I remember ripping that on a Macintosh uh, about uh, 10 years ago so I could get it digital and take, take it with me, and I've had it ever since, in as much as uh, got my hands on uh, the unreleased tracks, which have been bandied around, as you well know, on uh, Factbook Phoebus. And uh, it's, quite, it's, it's, it's quite a substantial body of work, but uh, it's not massive, so I have to stagger it, whereby I don't want to listen to your, your output relentlessly, uh, because you always uh, you always run the risk of saying, oh, my goodness me, I don't want to hear that again. But the point I'm trying to get to in my really roundabout way is, the, the yes, the, the music has aged, but it's not so much aged, it's matured. And, and I think with, with, with the uh, the recent um, re-recording, the, the, the meat and potatoes of the tracks, the vast majority of them are, are, are as current as, as, as anything else out there. And I, and I do hope that, selfishly as i keep trying to articulate that you'll get the opportunity to to perhaps revisit them and and, and i also wanted to touch upon the legalese uh, our friends at universal in terms yeah. of the publishing versus ownership um, yes you could perhaps give us an update as to if they're going to be held indefinitely or if, if they're ever going to see light of day well this, this is all interesting stuff and and, and it's, to a large extent is is the reason why we're where we are now really because um I mean, Steve and I have, have, have been in touch, you know, over the years and, and, and stayed friends and everything. And, and, and so I suppose at any time we could have sort of said, hey, let's go and re-record the, the track, shall we, Steve? You know, we, we could have done yeah. that. But we, we didn't choose. I mean, we were all, our heads were all in different places. We were doing different things, um, all busy with other, other different sorts of career paths and, and, and musical choices, I suppose. Um, but all along that way, there has always been... Um, the there's always been this thing of at some point it would surely you know polydor's master tapes would 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 sort of officially find find a release and uh, you know a light of day um and it's been kind of slightly baffling that that hasn't happened but um it hasn't um and there have been various um there have been various attempts not just by us but um by other people, other record labels, and so on, to um, to try and get those master tapes out there and, and be released in some sort of a, a format other than the one that they originally came out in, um, and they all seem to have fallen fallow for some reason or other. Um, and and so what happened was that, you know, um, I was doing and I do quite a lot of work as a, as a music producer for people anyway these days, and I had mm. a particular person in that I was working with and she kept asking me for what I would call 1980s noises you know and it was at that point that it occurred to me that in the studio that I I was working in I had at my disposal loads of bits of kit that actually dated back from the Fiat Lux days and I hadn't really deployed in that fashion since then Mm. until this request came up can you make these noises and 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 also, I think there's a, there's a fair bit of that. If you listen to not so much Radio 2, but Radio 1 at the moment, there's a lot of use of the same sort of sound palettes as we were using back then. So all mm. of these things conspired with the, a, 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 with the continued thing of Universal not coming up with the goods in terms of making the stuff available for release by anybody, either us or anybody else that might have asked them for it. Um, and that was when we suddenly said, look, I've just done this stuff for, the, for for this artist. It sounds a bit like us, Steve. You know, it's just a matter of whether you can still sing again after all these years. And what, I don't see any reason why I couldn't reconstruct just one track to, to use as a calling card and see what happened. And that's what we did with Secrets 2017, isn't it? Yep. But it's interesting, yeah, Dara, it was interesting what you were saying about uh, 
listening to the other songs that uh, are out there, the unreleased ones, such as uh, In the Heat of the Night. And... I don't know whether they're actually out there, Steve. Uh, are they not? No. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> the sort of things that are on, on the, the video. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. On the Mike Mansfield yeah, thing. Embers and stuff Embers like that. And, and... Yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, it's all about the laser disc that releases, yeah. right? Yeah. They're, 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 they do sound current. Because there's nothing in them really to sound dated, if you know what I mean. We didn't use any sort of identifiable, you know, like TR808 or all that kind of stuff. There's real instruments in there as well, like Ian Sachs and Yeah, it's and a mixture Clarinet of the two, I think, and, which actually it makes it work. And that's, yeah. that's just all credit really to, to Hugh to, for, for sort of thinking, yeah. thinking along those lines and wanting to make it have a, a bit more of a thicker and, yeah. and, and more, more interesting sound. And the, and the brass sounds are brass, aren't yeah, they? The they are, Teardrop yeah. Explodes yeah. brass section mm. and the cello were the Fun Boy 3 girls. Yeah, uh, Claire, do, Loudier. Yeah. yeah. So Fantastic. It's, and it does hold up. I'm, 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 just so, I'm just so glad that you concur because oftentimes you can agree to disagree, but they, they, do, they, do, have a, they do have a consistency about them. And, and, and thank you for clarifying that too because... Um, some of the uh, some of the uh, intricacies of of uh, the world of Fiat Lux um, was lost. You're sort of pre-internet, whereby Wikipedia is is the sole source, and 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 with all due respect to Wikipedia, hasn't told me an awful lot about you uh, that, that I don't already know. Well, um, maybe one of the Wikipedians is listening to this and can fill in a few of the gaps. You never know. Yeah, well, we'll hope <laughs> that's the nature of it. Add, add some more parentheses and asterisks and, and, yes. and however you and do all like. that stuff. Yes. But some, a song, for instance, like Breaking the Boundary yeah. has immense legs for me. And, and uh, again, in, in, in a purely uh, personal capacity, I would, I would love to, 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 hear, to hear that get, get the rework treatment or, or indeed just be officially released so that it can be shared with all and sundry. It'd be lovely to share that tune. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think our feelings for, for all of the tracks that we carefully crafted with Hugh Jones are such that it seems a shame that they're not available in the public domain in an official capacity because they were brilliantly crafted. You know, Hugh spent hours on them. It, it does seem a shame, really, where, where there are other things out there um, of a similar calibre who had a, a similar sort of um, life in terms of... Um, public profile and, and the amount of radio play and stuff that have managed to find a way of getting their, their records out into the public domain again. Uh, and and we, we still are trying to fathom out what it is that's stopping us. I mean, there was a point when I thought that possibly Polydor might have lost the master tapes and that that might be the reason why nothing was happening and there was a stony silence whenever the subject of a small yes. scale release came up. It would have been a reasonable thing to think. But oh, they're it, asking again. But I now know, I now know from, from more recent askings that, that all of the, every single utterance that we ever made onto tape or even visual stuff that we did is... Um, On a shelf. ...safely stored in a mountainside in Wales somewhere because oh, I've seen the paperwork for it. But we still haven't crossed... The boundary of, uh, ironically, of um, of whoever it is who curates that stuff and lets it out into the um, into the wider world. Um, yeah, who's the gatekeeper? We need to find. Well, the I know who the gatekeeper is. I mean, I don't want to name names on this particular interview, but there is somebody who is supposed to be sat at a desk somewhere in Universal who is in charge of licensing these things. And every time, either me or anybody else who's been interested in following this path has either tried to email him, ring him, or leave an answer phone message, it's come to naught. 
I think we need to get Oliver Stone on the case here. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds a little bit clandestine to me. I don't know. I can't quite fathom it, but, you know, there it is. Um, so that's what we've had to work with. Um, so I suppose in some ways the idea of bringing Secrets 2017 out was just uh, apart from testing the water to see what sort of interest there might still be in Fiat Looks after all these years, it was also to sort of try and provide a wake-up call to see if it might, you know, knock the cobwebs off the Polydor situation. Yes, we're not going away type of a message. Maybe. We're... And I mean, it's probably been completely ineffectual. I've seen no sign of anything changing so <laughs> no, far. No, but, all, but, but I mean, it's... You, never, you never, never know what waves you've made and, and where they're going to resonate. Um, you, you are the only band in terms of me being a completist for whereby I have a laser disc in my collection. It's the only laser disc I own. So I think that... Uh, I don't, I don't know how many of those things were pressed, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people bought that just just to have without actually having the hardware to play it. Maybe so. Time. I mean, it's a funny thing because uh, I, I remember the fact that because Polydor and Polygram were at the heart of that sort of technology back back in the day, that there was talk of it being released on it. But I've only ever seen this laser disc on people's Facebook comments in in recent times as people have got back in touch with us as a result of the putting out Secrets 2017. And I mean, that's been the very heartening thing about this whole operation yes. I don't know about you Steve is is the you know the, there is definitely a warm glow from people about us doing this yeah, which and is it's lovely and it's not so much the the kind of the volume of people who've responded it's the it's the the comments that they've made that uh, it, yes. it did have a it did have an effect at the time which is great you know it's, it's some people it oh this changed my life no it's that, well that's really nice it, it's not that there's 2 million have responded it's just that the the appreciation well, has been profound on, on, a, on a personal versus, level. Well, quality versus quantity, Steve, yeah? I thank you. Hmm. Succinctly put. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, well, it must be, it must be heartening because I, I interview, you know, the, the whole full gamut of artists from established to, to, to up and comings. And I used to be in the industry myself and, and I got out when, when I could just had that vision of, of it going... Uh, going pear-shaped, which we've all witnessed and seen, seen industry change uh, radically over the past uh, decade. Indeed. Um, with Pledge and Bandcamp, however, there's me again with my selfish, selfish hat on thinking, okay, <laughs> well, you could, by virtue of this wonderful feedback that you're getting from, from people in the know, and you've really only just dipped your toe in the water, you really haven't made a concerted comeback, you've just sort of, as you just, it's almost like a test, a beta test, if you like. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm sure that by what you're saying, that the, the response has been been you know suit, suitably great. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you could leverage the, a crowdfunding option for, for for the next record if indeed that that you know comes to fruition. But what are your thoughts on perhaps uh, adopting that approach? Uh, thoughts on adopting that approach? I haven't really had any, to be honest. But I mean, that's an honest answer, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> we we didn't for secrets 2017. It just worked because we're, 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 we're relatively close to each other, David and I, in terms of physical distance. So it's often not a problem for me to for us to meet up and to work on stuff. So and, and, and the money really isn't a problem. Just well, money's always a bloody problem, isn't it? But yeah. it, it, it isn't a problem when it comes to, to producing and having ideas and working on them. And, you know, we can be we're working on other stuff at the moment. And, and it's just uh it's an adventure. It's nice. It's just. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's I mean, enjoyable. You know, Dara. It's not. It's not. We're not doing it to, to keep to a target or to fulfil uh, a deadline or anything. We. It's just oh, yes. really, really, really good fun. 
I get the, I get the distinct impression this is this is purely organic and, and that you are just letting it unfold mm-hmm. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's the polar opposite. It's a wonderful approach and it's lovely to know that you've got no real... There's no one uh, from a, from a, a label looking at their watch and, and wanting the next single and uh, asking you to redo something. Your your own uh, at your own speed. And if something happens, I get the feeling that you'll be made up. And if something doesn't happen, well, you've at least dipped your toe in and 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 seen what 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 the end result would be. Exactly that. But also, um, I mean, when we made Secrets 2017. Um, it, we 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 did it without it costing a great deal of money because we didn't actually spend what you would normally do on a single, which is normally what you would do is you would you would press up a load of records, you know, and yeah. we we only pressed up a few for radio. We didn't do anything else, so we said we'd just do it um, via um, digital and see what happened. Really, so the, the so the cost implications for there's no there's no physical product out there um, that's um, that is expensive to manufacture. Um, so yeah. that's that saved us a lot of money. And you know we called in a few favors here and there for artwork and studio mm. time and and so on just to see what we could do with it as as a sort of standing point to see right what what does this achieve? We haven't you know and in doing that without actually having to spend several thousand pounds on a PR person to go around newspapers or or radio stations to try and get place for the record you know we managed to get something out of it some sort of a profile which which was gratifying you know yes, quite quite yeah. a number of plays on the BBC um you know various other outlets that we hadn't even heard of that suddenly started to get excited about it and and, and interviews like your own and and various others that we've done over the last two or three months so all that's come completely out of just that little seed that we planted without actually going to going through the industry mechanism at all. So it must the, be so heartwarming for you to be on the receiving end of something like that. Yeah, and I mean it, it does encourage us, you know, for the future. Of course, if we did want to bring out a, an LP, I, I'm not sure whether we'd be back where we were at Square One putting out a piece of vinyl these days. You know, which is I find kind of ironic, really, after we've waited all this time to put out oh, a yeah. cd or, or something digital um, but obviously there would be there would be costs involved in that and so yeah the idea of a crowdfunding option is, is a is something that might be worth considering i'm sure you're right lovely lovely well i'm glad that you're open to that um now in terms of your everyday lives what what, what uh, takes up most of your time and, and and i've purposely not gone into the hyper research mode and become a stalker here because i wanted you to be able to answer the questions <laughs> so um what, what steve what do you typically do day to day what what pays the bills in the right household um day to day uh i work as a freelance television director right doing a mixture really dire of uh, broadcast stuff and um and corporate for right uh people like mercedes and for you know, that, anyway corporate stuff um right. quite high end and, and i haven't done any broadcast for for some time but um stuff for bbc one two four itv channel four don't know if that means anything to you over there oh, you will do but all it means enough to me and enough of the listenership are based in the uk so they're fully aware of what you're talking about so you're you're a busy man in in, in the video production well, world it, yeah it's freelance so it comes and goes it's sometimes a bit of a white knuckle ride and sometimes you're self-unemployed rather than being self-employed but it's 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 <laughs> fine you know it's um it's it's there 
It's, when it's I, a nice. It's nice that you can still be in the tactile media business, whereby you are creating. Which I'm sure uh, I, I would imagine that you find it difficult to be uh, in a cubicle uh, working on spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fair to say. And, and, and David, what about yourself? Well, it's quite similar, really. I mean, we 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 both started out when when we um, when we formed Fearlux. We we were in art college together, and so we've always had that sort of artistic bent and, and been interested in in media and, and, and things like that. So it's not it's not um, too far-fetched to think that we would end up working in, in television, radio and things like that. I mean, I, I, I work um, some of my days in the, in, in the radio side of things now. I work for the BBC in Leeds. Um, yes. And then I, I spend some of the rest of the time um, working as a, as a freelance music producer making records for people. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing for quite a long time now um, and was the sort of thing that I kind of drifted into post Fiat Lux along with um, continuing to do musical projects um, alongside that uh, of my own in, in bands and things like that so I've had a series of other bands that have, have kind of come and gone during the course of that time yes. um, and most recently for the last sort of 10, 12, 13 years um, I've been in, in, a, in a band called the Durbervilles, which by a, a, a kind of a, a skirting round of one thing or another has, has also ended up doing a radio programme, which we now do on, on a Sunday night, every every Sunday uh, for the BBC in, in Yorkshire, uh, which uh, covers folk and roots music, which is something that I've always had a, a passion for and is how I really started off in music in the very first place. So that's how I spend my time. <laughs> Wonderful. That, that couldn't be more succinct. Uh, so it's quite a departure, isn't it, from from so-called synth pop to uh, to folk roots? I suppose um, so. But it, I mean, it, it came about from that direction, really. The first thing I was doing was the the folky type stuff, uh, which is what I was doing before I came to college. And then I suppose at that point it was the punk era, and um, we we started forming new wave bands while we were at college. Uh, notably, one that Steve and I joined, which is how we got going together, wasn't it, Steve? Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, Tastily called the juveniles, Dara. Yeah. Tastily called yeah. the juveniles, as, as you were, you know, <laughs> in those days, angry and uh, mischievous. Mm. But, yes. you know, that, that was, again, that was good fun, and it, it led to David and I understanding, a, uh, getting an understanding of how each other worked, performed, and just temperament. And that was a very raucous kind of uh, band. And um, but good too, you know. Old John Peel played us a few times, and yeah. it was very, it was very nice. And it just gave us a, an inkling and an insight into how things worked, and it gave us an inkling and an insight into how you can make these things happen yourself. Yes, you, you don't have to have large investment. It was just having, <laughs> for me, it was having the courage to stand there and, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, be, that's half the battle is just being able to have the, the guts to do it. Yeah, be the object of immense ridicule from time to time. But, I mean, that's that's all right. It, you know, in the end, you sort of accept that, don't you? You come to it in the end, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so that kind of led into Fiat Lux in a way. And and, and the way Fiat Lux developed was, was kind of strange, really, because um, it... it it, it was the two of us that kind of worked on, on, on initial song ideas and we were kind of 
limited by what kit we had around us, weren't we? Yeah. Or what kit we didn't have. Around. Exactly. <laughs> now, now we'd, we'd done studies about how to use tape machines and stuff like that at college, so we were quite reasonably tech-savvy and we could make a, a lot out of a little in a way. So all we really had was, was tape machines that you could speed up and slow down and, and, and mess about with. A strange little drum box, um, a, a little Casio-type keyboard and a guitar and a bass. And that's how we constructed the first demos of, of Theatre Lux, wasn't it, Steve? In a, in a basement in Wakefield. Feels like winter again. Yeah, and all those ideas yeah. came from that, and it was really box ticky type stuff. So really, the the way it led into that sort of thing where we've been sort of boxed into the pi- into the pigeonhole of synth pop, reasonably happily, I have to add, yeah. um, is because of how things developed from then on. Because we we kind of the first songs, the prototypes of those songs sort of suggested that. And then Bill Nelson, of course, as our first producer, came along and, and grabbed those ideas and then fashioned them into Nelsonism, yeah. which meant, yes. you know, it, we yeah. suddenly had at our disposal all of his kit to put on top of these basic ideas. And, and that's how the sound of Fiat Lux grew, wasn't it? Yeah, he developed us an awful lot. And there's, um, if you listen to Feels Like Winter Again, um, mm. this illness with the... Ebo. soaring Ebo mm. sound that it has on it. I was yes. listening last night to Quit Dreaming and Get on the Beam. And what was the album subsequent? Camira, was it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of what he was doing in the studio with us on Feels Like Winter Again and This Illness on those albums. He was developing his own sound and he was generous and good enough to uh, contribute to our sound using his... Um, expertise That's right. and, and you know he, he he took those songs to a different level and he also was good and generous enough to spot them in the first place and release them on cocktail so that that was who was it the skids flock of seagulls fiat lux mm. were on cocktail yes. yeah yeah and it was quite it's quite well the epitome of a boutique label is what it was at the time I suppose so. Uh, I mean, we had no idea about that. No, no, I mean, we, we were, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. If we turn up here, I can <laughs> sing into that, can I? It was really, it, honestly, we were that naive. It was, it was great. It was, we, yeah, but we, that's the beauty we, of it. There was a, it was so organic and naive, and, and that, that, that is the beauty of this, uh, the fruits of the first, uh, the first album for most bands, isn't it? That's why a lot of bands have a very, very difficult time with their sophomoric efforts, because... Uh, you then become more savvy with the way that this horrible industry works and uh, that naivety is, is subsequently sucked out of the equation. Yes, oh, and yeah. you, you often have record company people trying to tell you how you should mould yourself towards what they think is the template for a hit single. So there's yeah, all that, there's all that, that at work. And well, that, we, well, and we that, did, that, but we, we tended to ignore them. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's the unfortunate thing, really. But, but that was the thing with Bill. He, he didn't do that. You know, he, yeah. he sort of said, right, I, I can see the idea. Here's how it's going. How do you think that's working? And... You know, I was a massive fan of Bill Nelson before I even met him. So I was like, you know, shaking mm. at the knees. This is Bill Nelson. La, 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 la. I've got all your records. <laughs> you know, and and, and and he he was just he was just so generous. I, I can't stress that enough. That, no, it was um, brilliant. And and in in fact, by the way he fashioned the, those first recordings that we did, he, he almost sort of offered us on a, on a plate. This is what Fiat Lux is going to sound like. Here is your template. Yeah, you've got these you know basic ideas. This is what it sounds like when it goes into a professional domain and there you are and all of those little threads that were developed with bill in in the little studio in leeds uh, are the sort of little things that are all there in all of the rest of the works you know that it's like you've got this kind of um 
box full of all these little things that, that you can use, you know, like it's your threads that you then weave, whatever else you do. And you kind yeah, of, you kind of help us to know yeah. what fiat lux is and what it isn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, the components that you are derived from, even mm. though you probably couldn't recognise them at the time. Yeah. Because you could conceivably be part of, of you know, of, 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 of Nelson's legacy, really, because there, there, there are components which are unmitigatedly a part of the first record. And I, what I was going to bring up was... Uh, you know, it feels like winter again. It's the it's the only release of yours that that is a singular release. It it, it, it feels like it is a uh, a one off project, and I don't mean to uh, demean it in any way. But to photography secrets, blue emotion, especially they they felt part of a of of a, of a larger whole. In as much as solitary lovers and and, and uh, house of thorns felt part of a more like a secondary whole. But but yeah. feels like winter again stands alone, and and what you just been articulating well it's, it's reason enough to, to explain as to why we, we feel that way when we listen to it yeah i think so and and it, it was it was done for its own sake really it was a bit like when we did secrets 2017 although we were recapitulating something that already existed but if you imagine it being a completely blank canvas and then there it is then that is exactly what it did and it, and it was it, you know, it set the agenda for fiat lux and, and what we then went on to do because it did it did the work for us it was the legs that got fiat lux out of the basement in wakefield and into the enemy wasn't it mm. Yeah, I remember those. Remember those articles because you you got a, a fairly decent amount of press back in the day. We did, and uh, to the point whereby, uh, for a little while, it was a two or three trips were involved to the record shops to get to to, to get copies because they they were flying off, especially in the northwest, where because because you you both live in Leeds, don't you? That's right. Yeah, well, that's that's where that's my. That's my family, as it were, all heading the way, uh -huh. and uh, and Cheadle in uh, in Cheshire. So all those local record shops. Um, I remember distinctly talking to a couple of uh, people behind the counter about how they, uh, they 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 stumbled upon this new outfit, and you can remember those things uh, with with uh, with certain releases in, in in a part of your musical history, and just as fond fond memories for me, and uh, a completely different side of the, the table to where you are at the moment. But as a fan, it's just a wonderful thing to be talking to you because not only you're very 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 forthcoming with with what's going on, but I'm just personally very happy for you that you are still involved you are uh, you're creative people and uh, there's the likelihood of of perhaps more music from you uh, as a team I, I wanted to ask you about um, the vocal stylings that sounds kind of cliche but one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed um, and, I, and I still do listening to you is is, is the layered vocal aspect whereby it seems I don't know how many tracks you would use at any given time I'm not privy to that information but it was a wonderfully full sound that you managed to uh, to purvey on on record, and um, was was that was was that contrived or, or organic or or, or or something in between? Totally organic. Mm. Yeah. Totally organic, as in you'd do a guide vocal and you'd just mess around. If we had time in the studio, Hugh would spend great amounts of time, sort of just we'd just work on just work on the arrangement and work on the harmonies that. Uh, that were appropriate and that added to the sentiment and the soul of the record. There was one time which David might be able to remind me which track it is, but <laughs> Hugh con constructed um, actual tape loops, and there are about four or five of them going around the studio from a tape machine to a mic stand, if you can imagine that. 
Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, we, I do, yeah. we, we did a, a chordal sequence, ah, da, 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 or whatever, mm. and uh, we'd br bring them in on, on, on individual faders. He was that meticulous on, on, on doing it. You couldn't sample in those days, obviously, because we're old mm. now, but uh, he was making tape loops. Uh, they, they were about, you know, the six foot, eight foot long yeah. tape loops. That, yeah. And uh, so, so it was that organic because you'd never start out the song going, okay, or when it gets to that bit or the, or the, or the final chorus, we'll have some, some chordal choir sounds in the background. You, you'd just tell you what, what would sound good there. Now, after you'd got to that point, would be that kind of approach. And we had a Mellotron in one time, didn't we, David, which was just... More than once, yeah. I mean, it used once. to come in London, from London in a great big crate. God knows how much it cost. Yeah, yeah. Not to us. And, <laughs> and do we think it, it was a white one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, so it it was a Nobatron, yeah. 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 It's a white one, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were into all of that kind of thing and, and I suppose we're into the legacy of, of pop music t to some extent with that as well, weren't we? Because, you know, you, you're getting into I'm not in love 10cc territory yeah, and things yeah. like that with those, <laughs> those kind of things, aren't you? Um, uh, but yeah, yeah it, I think we're talking about embers, by the way, Steve, just to right, put yeah. some context on it. That was the That's one it. where we did the tape loops. But yeah, we quite often um, decided to block harmonies on, on certain things or have, have the sort of contrapuntal type of vocals going around things, which which was uh, something that Hugh was very keen on. I, I don't quite know how it suddenly sprung forth, but I know a, a lot of stuff at Post Fear Looks that Hugh did also had that style yeah. of, 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 of the kind of... <laughs> somebody going in around around the actual melody of, of the chorus or something yeah, um, yeah the peripheries it's, mm. it's, it's very interesting how, how how that was pulled off and you know if if for instance uh bill is in, is, is is one set of a venn diagram and then there's hugh and then there's you there's a lot of intersection with with the people that you've collaborated with they're very much a part of uh, your identity and, and you've, you've you've answered those questions more than readily in terms of how much Bill and and, uh, and Hugh were, were almost sort of fourth and fifth members of the band. Really, I think that's a fair fair comment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially as there weren't so many of us. You know, we were safety in numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be nice. You know, increase your band membership by forty percent. That's great. Um, I've just got a. I've got one question left for you, and, and okay. it's 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 completely uh irrelevant in terms of talking about fiat lux and your output and your creativity it's it's a hypothetical question that i ask everybody so fiat lux are in ottawa and you, you played you played a, a gig to rapturous uh, reception here of course and you come around my place well of course it goes without saying doesn't it so you're around my place for a cup <laughs> and, and, and uh, I, I come out with the biscuit tin but this is a special biscuit tin. it's it's, it's a magic biscuit tin for, for for sake of argument and you the pair of you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth, what would Steve and what would David plump for? Mm. And you'd be amazed how many people vacillate over this. Yeah, well, it's not something you kind of think of much, so it requires original thought, doesn't it, Dara, I guess? It and, does. And so um, I'm tempted to go with a chocolate hobnob. Are you? I'm tempted chocolate Ooh. hobnob. Right. They do a dunk. Usually. They, 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 they do a good dunk, you know. Resilient. If that's your criterion, is the dunk, then uh, I think you, are, you chose, chose a winner. Dara, they're a resilient biscuit that I've liked for some time. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, they've, they've got resilience, as you say, but they've also got longevity. So I, I think I, I can't argue that at all. And, and I thank you for that, actually, uh, Steve, because it means I, uh, I actually have a, a chocolate uh, hobnob column in my spreadsheet. So I won't have to make a new column. That's good. David, milk milk chocolate, though, Dara. Milk chocolate, not your dark chocolate, your milk chocolate. Yeah. Again... 
That that sorry, but that that that's that's just a presumption. But I'll, I'll clarify that. Yeah. Milk chocolate as opposed to the plain. dark chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it, that doesn't even count, does it? Really. No. David. Well, I mean, I, I go in completely the other direction because I, I, I can't stand the soggy biscuit, so the idea of dunking it into something, you know, mm. it, it doesn't go for me at all, I'm afraid. Are you sure you're northern? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what I am. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Um, or where he is. <laughs> what, what, what I, I was going to say Jaffa cake, but that's not really a biscuit, so I'm going to go for one of those Belgium dark chocolates chip cookies oh, yeah, 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 that yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. in certain supermarkets yeah, because yeah. they're my favourites at the moment. They're a wholesome biscuit as well, David. And they're slightly wholesome. wholesome. They're slightly wholesome. I don't think they do you that much good, but that's the sort of thing that I like to get my teeth into. Well, you kid yourself that it's, you know, it's healthy because it's got a bit of oatmeal in it. That's right, yeah. 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 Well, anything with... <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, after I've just completely panned dark chocolate, that's what you've opted for. I'm afraid so. I've just gone completely the reverse, you see, haven't I? Well, that's that's lovely. It's it's uh, unity through diversity. Through, I'd like to think so. Yes. Biscuit, biscuit, uh, biscuits of choice. You, Dara, you've got to do an interview now with that band, half man, half biscuit, and ask them the same question. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that that would be a lovely one. Actually, I've been trying to get them on the program, but they they seem to have uh, disappeared of late. They have not had a record out for a little bit bit of, of time, and I can't. I imagine you've, you know, with, with your Liverpool connections and Amazon, you were bumping into Liverpool bands and yeah, Northwest. Yeah, fair degree. Yeah, they've probably well, the gone on holiday with Hugh Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go go down the south coast and and, and coax Hugh out of his semi-retirement. And that would see be lovely. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, of course, in this instance, I've got to rely upon you to send me the interview. So, oh yes, uh, I'd be very grateful to receive it, so I can uh, and then edit it and chuck it up into the podcast, which I'll be recording tomorrow. And um, yeah. I've got one last question for you. Um, I, I played. Uh, the redo of uh, of, of Secret Secrets 2017. Yep. Um, um, would you like to curate your own three songs to be played around the interview uh, in the show? You can choose three Fiat Lux songs to, to feature. Ooh, between the two of us, have we got to, what's a light it out? One and a half, yeah, one and a half each. No, one and a half each. Okay. They've got to be Fiat Lux songs, have they, Dara? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, please. Yeah, because. Um, I'd, I'd love to have your input because I could effortlessly choose them myself, but it'd be just nice to get you to choose them and curate them for all concerned. I think we should do Embers if you can get your hands on the copy of that. I've got Embers. I'm looking at it right now. Yep, yeah, Embers. That no would make us pleased. Um, what do you reckon? Splurge? I don't know. No, no. I think, I think let's, let's play something somebody's heard of. Do you think we should do Blue Motion? Blue Motion. Yeah, that's legal. Se- seven or Twelve. Seven. Seven, yeah, seven. Okay. And uh, photography? If you want. Yeah, photography. Yeah. Great. You've curated three belters. I'm sure that if you'd chosen another three, I'd have said the exact same thing because there's not a dud amongst them. Lovely. So I'll uh, I'll be in touch ASAP. And again, thank you so, so much. It's been a real, real pleasure. Not at uh, all. You're welcome. Glad to do it. You're welcome. You, uh, have, have good luck. Good luck with it all. Huge thanks, David. Huge thanks, Steve. Wonderful stuff. Fiat Lux, that is all you need to know. Anything above and beyond is irrelevant. That is everything you need to know about Fiat Lux. Got to round things off this week with the, the last of uh, the three curated songs, Blue Emotion. <laughs> Pain. 
1984 with their fourth single 
blue emotion. I'll tell you what, I do recommend listening to uh, Lossless Fiat Lux on a good pair of uh, Sennheisers. That's what I've been doing, and it's been an absolute joy. Um, so, if you want to keep up with everything that is Fiat Lux, uh, like and uh, join their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Fiat Lux official. And uh, hiredhistory.co.uk is a wonderful compendium of all things Fiat Lux. Um, next week, I've got uh, the Darling Buds featured on the show. That's episode 38 in the can. My thanks again to David and Steve. I'll be back next week. Ta-ra. <laughs>